The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good takes. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Homans Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. And I'm Nicole. <laughs> Feeling pretty normal today. Are you? Uh-huh. I don't know what normal is anymore. <laughs> That's where I'm at. That's I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to gauge what normal is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Just, I'm not complaining about anything today right now, so we're in a good spot. <laughs> okay. All right. Good measure of success. You know. It's a little, little moments that matter anymore. <clears throat> I actually um, have been like encouraging myself to try to leave the house. Like I started realizing like I have been home a lot. Oh yeah. Good for you. So been... occasionally I will go work from a coffee shop or go do something. But my, if you recall from our last episode, I thought my car was going to be blocked into my driveway because of the because of construction <laughs> going on, right? But it also doesn't entice you or make it easy to come and go. <laughs> Even though my car is not blocked and I have access to it, the constant construction on my street and the inability to park near my home is <laughs> just like ah. I can't get in or out. I'm stuck. Like, that's how you feel. It's not real, but that's how you feel. (laughs) Exactly. Doom. (laughs) The other day I took a walk and was just like, at least let me just go walk around. (laughs) So I don't have to deal with moving my car. Good for you. You walked on the shittiest day possible. (laughs) How was it the shittiest day? It was like 62 overcast gross and stormy over in my house all day the sun oh i didn't walk today i I, this was a different day when it was beautiful and 80 Mm, yeah not today no today i just worked out at home in my basement ew (laughs) i need to do it too i'm staring at my weight set and seth even this morning was like we should do we should do leg days in the basement like you're right We have this equipment. Might as well use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, today I did not venture outside of the house. <laughs> I didn't either. It comes and goes, you know. I, I went to the garden a little bit. That was about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the mailbox, watered some plants, you know. I, yeah. But watered, uh otherwise watered plants. It was been raining for two days. They're under my covered porch. Oh, okay. <laughs> they don't reach the water. I get it. See, <laughs> I, I don't do all that. <laughs> Not yet anyway, maybe next year. One thing at a time. I have plants all over my home, inside and out. Mm-hmm. And I try my best to care for them. But, you know. I have one plant that I've kept alive since college was my college roommate's Easter lily it's in the same bucket I got it in it's not I've not done anything but water it on occasion when it's almost dead and it's still alive and it's still making flowers and it's still got you know things happening and I'm like you know what this is the year we're gonna <laughs> give this plant a new home it's currently August <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say it doesn't sound like it wants a new home. Oh, it does. It needs it. Just because you don't want it, don't mean you don't need it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting another couple decades out of this thing. I might as well do it some <laughs> justice and get it a good bowl. Uh, my hardest, uh, the hardest thing for me, which is the opposite of most people, is when I have succulents. I tend to overwater them because I water my I can plants. See you doing that. I water my plants like once a week. Right. And so it's just part of the muscle process, but that's (laughs) too much for the succulent. Yes. So I stuck my succulent outside today so it can dry out. (laughs) And I'll forget. So you'll also forget about it. (laughs) No, 
No, I remember the plants outside as well. Oh, I remember good. all of them. Nice. Actually, my landscaping really needs some some uh, attention, but I haven't felt like it. So here we are. Not hurting anybody to not do it, you know? Yeah, it's just looking a little overgrown and wild, but it's okay. Actually, I was looking way. outside and I was like, you know how you drive by some homes or you know that some homes are rental homes? Mm-hmm. And I had... I rented homes and was a renter for a long time before I owned. And I never felt like I fit like the stereotype that a lot of people place on renters. But, you know, there's a lot of people who rent who don't care about the yard or the landscape or whatever. And I was like, I bet when people drive by my house, they're like, oh, it's probably a renter. Oh, stop. (laughs) Absolutely not. Get over it. No way. Nope. I was like, it's so oh, no. overgrown. <laughs> uh-uh. That's my house currently. Except for my lawn is, a, is like, you know, pristine. Of so. course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Even as a renter, I, I did my own landscaping and stuff. <laughs> my landlord is like, thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah, I did too when I rented a house. I mean, well, you're supposed to. It wasn't like in your lease that the landlord was going to take care of the lawn. Like that's no. your responsibility. Yeah. I mean, but I also just planted chives and mums. It wasn't much. Oh, <laughs> I did a lot of planting at my old rental. Anyway, back to it. The whole point of why we're here today. Yes. Is because the Barbie the- movie the hoe of history that I have on deck <laughs> is very trendy, very topical. It's the Barbie origin story. And, <laughs> and I oftentimes have a story as to how I pick the one that I pick or how it finds me. And in this case, I have not seen the Barbie movie. Me either. I am pretty much over all of the Barbie content constantly and all of the pink and all the grown women dressing up. And I think that's my least favorite part. I mean, I get it. Like for the one night for the outing, for the movie, you think it's cute. You think it's fun. Mm -hmm. You're having a theme night or whatever, but it's just, it's gone on for quite some time. (laughs) Yeah. No, those, those people who decided that's their new identity because now they're grown up and so is Barbie. No sweet child, put it down. (laughs) <laughs> that's a thing yeah you is know, that on tiktok living? or something oh god no i'm just i'm making an assessment based on what i've seen oh i was like i didn't know that was a thing mm-hmm. um well it's like that millennial need to fulfill their childhood dreams of being a child now that they can be huh you're not heard about this this is something that's tri- like millennials no. currently millennials are you know, being criticized for acting like children. It's and it's because we hadn't been able to act like children when we were growing up. So now some of us are reliving our childhood and like buying the toys we could never buy and doing the things we could never Ooh, do. Who is doing this? Well, I don't I mean I don't have any in, of that info in front of me. However, <laughs> you can Google it. I think there are actual statistics. I'll Google it right now. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, come on. Okay, well, the whole reason that we're talking about Barbie today, even though I'm over it, is because on Facebook, a friend of ours, who is actually a friend of the show, Kara Karachi, she's a stand-up comedian and photographer. She's done our photos and whatnot. Um, she's actually out living her best life in L.A. at the ground. She really is, honestly. And... um. So anyway, she posted an article saying, let's all remember that Barbie originated from a high-end tall girl. (laughs) Right up our fucking alley. And I was like, what? Gang, gang. (laughs) My time to shine. I'm like, huh? Yeah, this like German, it, the inspiration was from a German doll who was like, quote unquote, a high end tall girl. 
which she really wasn't, but that was like the headline of the article, right? Yeah. So that's how this found me. I Not because I've, huh? I didn't read any of it because I wanted to be surprised. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm taking you on a much broader journey than just that one article that I sent you. And we're going to go down a lot of different pathways. Like we, we've got a lot of tentacles to this octopus. (laughs) So, I mean, Barbie just doesn't happen overnight. So it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to do my best to not confuse anybody with all the various names and because this is originated from Germany do my best with pronunciations oh I'm sure you'll be just fine so the history of Barbie starts with a German gossip tabloid style newspaper called built however just I'm sorry can we stop right there for a minute (laughs) built okay just from what I know of Germany and their sexual freedom and the fact that this is coming built well because it's spelled b-i-l-d okay not 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 like she's built no like a shit brick house no 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 brick shit house what (laughs) I'm gonna shut up It's B-I-L-D, but I believe they pronounce it built. Like the D is pronounced with a T. And that means picture in German. Okay. So the newspaper was focused on sensational pictures. So it was Instagram. Um, yeah, and kind of like a national enquirer kind of thing. Um Fuck yeah. Germany. You know, it, it's the sensationalism of celebrity gossip and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And it was founded by Axel Springer in 1952. So he was a German publisher and founder of what is now Axel Springer SE, which is the largest media publishing firm in Europe. Still to this day. Yes. Sheesh. <laughs> this magazine still exists today. Really? Yeah. That's awesome, actually. Yeah. I'll get into that. So after World War II in 1946, Axel founded his own publishing company in Hamburg, Germany. He published radio and TV listings into a magazine. So do you remember those old like TV guide books that we used to have? I think that's basically what it must have been. And um, he never fought in the war. He had asthma and diabetes, so he never wore a uniform of any kind because he oh, never did any. <laughs> but he also had never been a member of the Nazi party. So that meant that Axel was able to obtain a license to run a newspaper from the British occupation authorities. Oh, go, Axel, go. <laughs> look at you, bud. I have this picture of him in my brain. I kind of want to look it up. Axel Springer, you can look it up. He's not a good-looking man. He's um uh he's he's just he's very German. <laughs> Delivery. <laughs> can you please put that into a clip? Yeah. Yeah. And then all of the German people can just come at me. No, thank you. Um So anyway, I don't know how, but he was being fed like scandalous information. And so he took that information, mixed it with like celebrity gossip, sports, horoscopes, and decided to put it into this new newspaper called Built. And it peaked in the (laughs) 1960s. So it had like a four and a half million readership or something in the 1960s it was the largest circulation of any newspaper in western europe or north america wow yeah that's a so (laughs) motherfucker had reach (laughs) yes (laughs) it's actually still the biggest selling newspaper in europe to this day really like physical hard copy newspaper yeah probably yeah 
However, in June of this year, so just a couple of months ago, they decided to strategically go a more digital route. (laughs) Print. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And um, they cut 200 jobs because they're going to leverage AI. That is truly disheartening. It's really sad. But I think ultimately um, there were regional variations or there are regional variations of the newspaper. And so I think... I think what they're going to do, I mean, this was the gist I was getting, is that some of those regional versions will only be digital Mm -hmm. and they'll make them regional using like AI. Yeah. It's unfortunate that AI is coming in to become the new journalist, unfortunately. Yeah. I, as a marketer for my day job, don't really see how it could replace everything because it sounds too robotic and it's a lot of it's not even accurate. Right. You know, it just churns out stuff. So some of the articles I read about them cutting the jobs were like where they're trying to get rid of redundancies and things. Um, That's why I said, I think that it's because of the different versions that they had, which you probably could put into chat gpt and be like just make this more specific for sweden or whatever mm-hmm. in <laughs> yeah no i i know that ai is coming in and starting like people are asking for it to look at all the facts that it finds on the internet and then create articles based on those facts mm-hmm. and that's gonna start happening so everybody check everything that you read forever and always always now a hundred percent yeah Um, I love AI as a tool to make my work more efficient and make me get through things faster. And, you know, writer's block isn't really like a thing anymore. (laughs) I mean, it is if you are, maybe if you're writing a memoir, you're, you're writing a book, um, but to do everyday like social media or stuff like that, like it gives you some great starting places, but it's very rare that I can just copy and paste something yeah, from AI. Yeah. So yes, it was very disheartening to read that. Um, anyway, though, this is a story about Barbie. So oh, here we no. go. Let's get back to it. So if we go back to 1952, when the very first edition of the newspaper was put out, artist Reinhard Bothian, Bolian, Bothian, um, he was asked to create a cartoon, like a comic strip that could be used as filler content. Basically, there was a blank blank space that they needed to fill. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we got a literal space that we need to fill it with something and and we don't want to put too much effort in. And I've been there uh-huh. when it comes to print. Um, That's a thing. You you have a certain amount of pages that you have to fill because they are folded in half or <laughs> front and back or whatever. And you, yeah, so been there. Um, so initially he drew an unruly baby making a mess. <laughs> and the editor was like, nah. Not no, a, we not do dog. better, right? Unruly so, baby. What I don't know. I don't know. To the fifties housewives. Ugh. I I don't know. So he adapted the drawing into a sexy ponytailed blonde sitting in a fortune teller's tent. That's a, that's I, a leap. I know. And in parentheses, <laughs> I wrote to myself naturally. <laughs> it's just a natural progression. Honestly, it goes from yes. unruly baby to Barbie. <laughs> Naturally, that would be your second draft. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this was a Hail Mary he'd been working on the whole time or something. Uh, so this sexy blonde was asking the fortune teller, quote, can't you give me the name and address of this tall, handsome, rich man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a valid question. Yeah. And so the cartoon took on immediate success like that's what they printed (laughs) that was it just two 
just one <laughs> one image yep what that exchange yep oh no yep and so it built into a like comic strip kind of thing yeah and became a daily feature a daily printed this, feature yes they printed this newspaper daily oh my goodness i thought it was a weekly no that's impressive so like every day this female had something <laughs> yeah yes her name was lily l-i-l-l-i yes. oh my god lily and she was a post-war sassy and ambitious character and this is quoted as how they described her a gold digger exhibitionist and floozy <laughs> all right i'm here for it though like where are we going with this so she was famously quick-witted and known to talk back when it came to male authority that's what i'm talking about like whoa this is yeah. great so in one of the cartoons lily was warned by a policeman for illegally wearing a bikini out on the sidewalk and lily responded with oh and in your opinion what part should i take off oh oh lily <laughs> um yeah another one another comic strip showed lily covering her naked body with a newspaper and explaining to a friend we had a fight and he took back all the presents he gave me oh my god you know i'm curious now (laughs) reinhard were you gay (laughs) maybe was reinhard living their best life through barbie lily (laughs) maybe yeah another one was um the sunrise is so beautiful that I always stay late at the nightclub to see it. Sassy. Just <laughs> sass posture for days. Yeah. So Reinhard might have dabbled in the uh, gay culture to understand some of these um, super sassy quips that he has here. Right. Because I feel like that's not a typical like in that era, the way a man thinks. Right. So for that to be the comic i'm here for it yeah so lily you know she's post-war self-made woman she's always talking to her girlfriends or boyfriends or her boss she was kind of positioned as this like sexy secretary and people loved her and um so yeah she just she took over (laughs) i love this Yeah, and so since the German readership was so mesmerized by this character that a year later, in 1953, the tabloid built decided to immortalize her by creating a plastic doll that soon after was launched and sold as an adult novelty. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me Lily dolls exist out there? Yes. Oh, need one. I need a Lily doll. It's called the Built Lily doll. I'm gonna need and, it. And yep, so it was originally marketed to adults in like bars and tobacco shops and used as like a gag gift. She was sold in two different sizes, 12 inches and seven and a half inches. She was made of plastic. She had like pale skin, um, this like painted face, like the typical red lips, but these eyebrows, like they were like high and narrow. I don't, there was very like suggestive face that they could do on this. It's It's a very small surface that they're painting on, but they really made her eyes and eyelashes like give you this seductive kind of like sideways glance I'm so even her I'm fingernails so were painted red and so she wore her hair in a ponytail and she had one curl on her forehead oh yeah she just had a really long forehead yeah uh she looks like her fa- yeah with her hair pulled back she looks like it so <laughs> that's a bummer uh... but i'm here for it so each Lily doll carried a miniature copy of Built magazine. 
oh, just casually looking at my own comics and be yeah. <laughs> was sold in a clear plastic tube and then the doll's feet fit into like the base of the stand so she was sold like standing up okay there were only 130,000 of them made damn it i'm never going to get my hands on one then yeah they were um given out as like bachelor party gag gifts and some guys even dangled them from their car rear view mirror <laughs> yes this is amazing okay so i found a small one on etsy nope it's a mock-up well yeah, so other countries um made dupes of it yep. i see the spanish one here yeah like hong kong was very yep. well known the asian culture like japan Barbie's secret sister honey this is Barbie's mama. <laughs> uh-uh. So, you know, most parents considered the doll inappropriate for children. Certainly. Well, um, duh, she didn't really have a great story. Well, and she did. So, but. <laughs> well, and so she was described, though, as always being discreet with her, like, impressive wardrobe. Okay. Um. However, some of the pictures I saw, like her wardrobe was very deep V. So basically the boobs were out and it didn't close until like almost the belly button. (laughs) Yep. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. So, but she had a wide range of outfits and accessories that you could buy for her. She certainly did. So eventually little girls wanted to play dress up with her. They wanted her as a play doll because they got, she had, she came with clothes. Well, naturally, and, I mean, they're taught to play with dolls from birth and this one's a literal doll that could represent them as an adult, not a baby. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So then German toy factories started making huge profits because they started selling doll houses, room settings, furniture, all that stuff for Lily. <laughs> wild wild product wild west out here yeah my goodness so there were toy shops around europe that sold built lily dolls as a high profile toy this is insanity i love this (laughs) what a great story for product placement too by the way (laughs) multiple purposes so you're like well how does this translate to barbie I mean, I could see it, but let's have it. (laughs) Well, you're just saying like, well, how does it become part of Mattel? Right. Right. And so um, in 1956, Ruth Handler, she's one of the founders of Mattel. was on for you, Ruth. Yep. So she was on family vacation in Switzerland. Naturally. And the Lily doll caught the eye of her daughter. Her 15-year-old daughter named Barbara. The perfect demo. So, Ruth brought three of the dolls home to California. She reworked and reinvented the, the design of the doll and named her Barbie after her daughter, Barbara. Ruth, you thief, but I'm here for it. She debuted Barbie at the New York Toy Fair in 1959. And then later, you know, we have Ken as well here. But I didn't get into Ken because he's just Ken, right? Just Ken. And um, Ken is named after her son. Oh, that's cute and awkward. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember this now. And I was like, what the fuck? That's fucked up. Like, it's just fucked up in the end. Like, those poor children were probably like, why would you do that to us? Why would you make Barbie's boyfriend named after her real life brother? <laughs> I'm concerned. There's more naming stuff later. I okay. We'll get there. Oh. So the first Barbie doll that she debuted at this New York toy fair wore a black and white zebra striped swimsuit and the signature top knot ponytail and was available as either blonde or brunette. And so the doll was marketed as a teenage fashion model. And the clothes, that zebra swimsuit, was created by the Mattel fashion designer, Charlotte Johnson. Oh, okay. So they've created like a 
a mini fashion industry with their own doll, basically. Yeah, kind of. They were trying to uh, position Barbie as the a, a toy for, like, kind of what you were saying. Like, once you've grown up, you've gone past the baby doll era. And now what? Mm-hmm. And so they're like people, like girls kind of like coming into their own or whatever. Yeah. And so the first Barbie dolls were manufactured in Japan and their hand, their clothes were hand stitched. Yes. Oh, a damn. Yeah. And so there were 350,000 <laughs> Barbie dolls sold during the first year of production. Holy shit. That's so many in the 50s. Well, and think about how the Lily doll only had 130,000. Yeah. So, according to Ruth, our co-founder of Mattel, she says, quote, My whole philosophy of Barbie was that through the doll, the little girl could be anything she wanted to be. I Okay, so I immediately go to me being in high school and me being like going through my phase or whatever and me angrily dressing my Barbie and my phase that I'm in now like let's just pick on emo phase for a minute <laughs> sitting there putting all of her little emo cl- clothes on be like this is me today this is who I'm gonna be like is that what they envisioned these girls were gonna do no and I find it questionable that you were still dressing your Barbie in high school though I wasn't. I said vision of me. Oh. So imagine like, because <laughs> the way it's, <laughs> the way I'm thinking about how they were trying to market it was you can live your, you know, fashion life through this doll. Well, doing that, I cut to my high school experience where emo kids were. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously Barbie started out with the idea that like both her parents were Harvard grads or something and yeah. you know yeah no affluence <laughs> yeah yeah that you were gonna have like the picture perfect picket white fence situation I think yeah and then I turned um, Barbie into emo kid yeah um anyway so Ruth had had this idea before the Lily doll and she struggled to convince her colleagues that there would be a market for a fashionable adult doll. So She's- while the Lily doll was coming up, she had already considered what it would be like to have a, a like a mid life. She already proposed the concept to her Got it. Uh, colleagues before the Lily doll came out. Okay. But no one went for it. She said that her daughter played with paper dolls. Um, but was limited by their one-dimensional nature. And so she basically was like, my daughter doesn't want to play with the babies. She's got these paper dolls that she can, like, draw different dresses for or whatever, but that's pretty limited. So um, here's another quote from her. It says, oh, sure, there were so-called fashion dolls, but these dolls had flat chests, big bellies, and squatty legs. They were built like overweight six or eight-year-olds. <laughs> you mean realistic <laughs> to actual body standards? She's a nightmare, this little woman. It gets worse. She's a villain. Oh. It gets worse. So she wanted a doll for girls who were too old for me dolls, but could inspire they could inspire her daughter, Barbara, like the toys that her son had had, like her son had a firefighter fighter and an astronaut and all these yeah. things, but they didn't have that for girls. So when she tried to explain that she wanted her daughter to have the same type of uh, doll that would look like what she could be in the future that her son had, she said everyone would turn her off. I'm blown away. Like I, part of me understands fucking thoroughly why she was doing this. And the other part of me, I don't necessarily love the quotes already, but yes, like we didn't, we had baby dolls. Right. 
So she does have a point, but she has oh, yeah. some weird obsessions. Not, you know, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put this out there. Anybody in the creative space who does successfully creative things is also a little bit fucked up. Just gonna say it. <laughs> you gotta be fucked up to be. It's a balancing act in my world. I think. <laughs> so the prototype Barbie was just shy of a foot tall. And had bulging breasts and oh. platinum blonde ponytail. Oh, God. And was oh, made up for a night on the town with red puckered lips and blue eyeshadow. Oh, I know the blue eyeshadow look. So, although Bur- Barbie's curvy proportions were modeled after Lily's, the, the heavier makeup on Lily and the eyebrows that I was talking about didn't carry (laughs) over to the American version. So Ruth believed that Barbie could serve as an example to girls on their path to womanhood. She's not wrong. But like I said, obsessions in an obituary in the New York times. She said that she believed that it was important that Barbie had beautiful breasts rather than a flat chest. (laughs) I just so much to unpack. I have so many questions. Like, did she come from a household where feminism wasn't celebrated so much? And so like she was overdoing it, you know what I mean? Or was she just mildly psychotic? I don't know, but this thing with her, with her and the boobs, because I've now brought it up like a couple of times, it's going to come full circle. Um, All right. So she, she says, I need to look this lady up. Well, don't spoil the surprise. I'm not spoiling nothing. So Ruth says, quote, every little girl needed a doll through which to project herself into her dream of her future. If she was going to do role playing or what she would be like when she was 16 or 17 it was a little stupid to play with a doll that had a flat chest so i gave it beautiful breasts i mean it's fair it's an opportunity to teach ladies about their bodies okay pivoting positivity (laughs) so there was a book written in 2017 by Orly Lobel and it, the book was called you don't own me <laughs> the court battles that exposed Barbie's dark side <laughs> <laughs> in that book Orly wrote the secret truth the Mattel hoped to conceal was that Barbie was merely a metaphor morph- metamorphosis of the German doll Lily So when it was designed and launched Barbie in 1959, Mattel neither offered G&H royalties nor sought permission to use its design. I knew it. I had a feeling because it's the wild, wild west. It's literally whatever they want. She went over there randomly and bought Barbies and brought them back and fucking manipulated them to be a new product. Like I had a feeling there was some darkness there somewhere where she stole it. They didn't look that different. No, certainly not. The original Barbie looks just like the Lily doll. Yeah. <laughs> Except her, she doesn't have the proportion of it. Like the forehead isn't as big. Right. She doesn't have a five head. But Lily's makers noticed the similarities between the dolls. Uh-huh. And in 1960, Grenier and Hauser, that's the G&H I talked about, um, they were the original doll manufacturer filed a u.s patent for the doll hip joint used in lily and exclusively licensed the rights to lewis marks a new york-based toy manufacturer for 10 years Mm. the next year greenier and hauser and marks sued mattel alleging it had infringed the copyright and had only very slightly modified Lily to make Barbie. Hmm. So, of course, Mattel denied that Barbie was a Lily copycat, and the suit was ultimately settled. Hmm. So, in 1964, 
Mattel bought Granier and Hauser's copyrights and patent rights and basically took the Lily doll out of production for $21,600, which for in today's money would be $207,000. That's insane. That's why there's only 130,000 Lily dolls. That's just like, it's shitty. It's just fucking shitty. I don't love that. No. You couldn't create a partnership. You couldn't not stomp on somebody else's creation. and, and You couldn't just, just, you know, slide them 5% or something. Seriously, the greed. Ooh, ew, I don't like it, but okay. Yep. So Barbie's appearance, you know, changed many times, but most notably in 1971 when the doll's eyes were adjusted to look forward rather than the sideways glance. Oh, that's right. I forgot. So the sideways yeah. glance was very much a Lily. Yeah. The inspiration. So when I was younger, I got to play with Barbies from the 50s, 60s era. And very much remember that they were built different. You know, they were like the kind that you could squish. Mm-hmm. They were just like the, the cast or whatever. Mm-hmm. I played with side-eyed Barbie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep so the change in eyes was the last adjustment that ruth would make to her own creation because um her and her husband were removed from their posts at mattel after an investigation found them guilty of issuing false and misleading financial reports i told you I'm sorry, but if you are creative enough, creative enough to make a big splash like this, you're also fucked up enough to do some fucked up things on the other side. Yep. Greedy fuckers. Greedy. So before the eye change and before they were booted, in 1970, Ruth was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh. Which I'm like, is. the irony. There it is. That's just the universe balancing itself out. Like, you bitch. The irony of her being so obsessed with boobs. And then she got breast cancer. Maybe she manifested it. I don't know. But I was like, this story doesn't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. So she had a modified radical mastectomy so at the time that was what was used to combat the disease was just you know take the boobs away so she had a hard time finding a good breast prosthesis 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 (laughs) so she decided to make her own she's still obsessed with breasts so with the help of her new business partner your face. <laughs> yes, she went into breast prosthetics. <laughs> this bitch stole a doll, created a doll, and then tried to turn herself into a fucking doll. <laughs> yes. So she has this new business partner, Peyton Macy, Massey, Massey, I think. Anyway, um, the new company that she's running with Peyton is called Ruth Tun Corp. So it's her first name and the Tun comes from Peyton. It's the combination. Ruth Ruth Tun Corp. Just do Pace. That makes more sense. Ruth Tun, you heavy bitch. So they manufactured a more realistic version of a woman's breast called Nearly Me. I'm sorry, but this is revolutionarily hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So the invention became quite popular. Even at the time, First Lady Betty Ford was personally fitted for one. Of course. So we just have to backtrack for a second because I put a lot of emphasis on the name of that corporation. Well, Mattel 
that that name it's so Ruth and her husband, Elliot went into partnership with Harold Matt Matson. So they combined Matson's last name and Elliot's first name creating, creating Mattel. Right. Oh, there, that means that though Ruth wasn't in the name. Oh, Ruth, you fucked up. Apparently they just could not fit Ruth's name into the name of the company. Everybody was like, she's kind of crazy. So I, so I'm like her revenge is now creating the Ruth ton. (laughs) Is it really revenge though? (laughs) I don't know. I, what else do you want to call it? I mean, her answer, her rebuttal. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm on prosthetic titties. How you like me now? But yeah, so she was one of the co-founders, but her name is not part of the company name. So she was bitter buddy about it. So anyway, um, you know, she got booted for those uh, false and misleading financial reports. Right. So she actually ended up resigning from Mattel in 1975 and investigations continued after her resignation. And in 1978, she was charged with fraud and false reporting to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. And she pleaded no contest and was fined $57,000 and sentenced to 2,500 hours of community service. She blamed her illness for making her unfocused on her business. Her Her cancer. So she blamed her cancer for fucking the numbers apparently okay all right hey, well and, i mean quote unquote unfocused on mm-hmm. her business mm-hmm. 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 so then ruth died in california from complications of surgery for colon cancer actually oh, in 2002 so <laughs> she uh <sighs> she was 85 when she passed away we so, love her and we hate her yeah, so the first round of breast cancer was in the 70s, and then she must have gotten the colon cancer in the late 90s, early 2000s. Sad, sad, sad. But at the same time, the boob cancer thing is pretty ironic. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I mean, you got to worry about titties so much, I'm going to take yours. <laughs> It's so crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I was just like, why do I keep finding all these quotes about her talking about boobs? And there were multiple sources that had her talking about the doll having breasts in her obituary. What? I don't know. It doesn't stop. <laughs> My sources were the vintagenews.com, <laughs> the plaidzebra.com, business insider. Time Magazine, Messy Nessie Chick, uh, and of course, our friend Wikipedia. Remarkable. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) This, I know it's probably not, like, foundational for some people, but this rocked my foundation a little bit. Like, (laughs) it's, it's so awful that it's, you know, the greed of the family, the greed of the ruth the fact that they didn't allow for lily to live on in her own right like what happened i know to the newspaper comics did they own the rights to the comics too or did they still do them i don't know when the comics stopped i'm not sure because like i said i mean this magazine still or newspaper or whatever they want to classify it as is still circulating today so right I don't know when the the comic strip stopped, though. I mean, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I've been it was really something, huh? I am blown away currently. I'm like processing it all still. Like there's so many layers of questions that I have and so many different like. And to be honest, the Wikipedia for the um lily doll was not very long that's not right it's not great and so then i started branching off into like who's axel and who's ruth and even the barbie wikipedia is not that long 
I don't think they want us, they don't want the Wikipedias to own any kind of info. That's a Barbie owned thing, right? Like Mattel should be owning that knowledge. So they're probably pretty sparse everywhere else just because of that. I mean, due to all this drama, they probably tried to keep it under wraps and keep as many details hidden as they could. Hence why there's a book called the court battles that expose Barbie's dark side. <laughs> I just want to read that book now, honestly. <laughs> I want the dirt. Uh, so, I mean, who knows what else is out there that Ruth or and or Martell, I guess in the earlier days, did as shady business. This is like... um I don't know if you've heard about Tesla or not Tesla, but uh, Tetris's origin story, the game, the video game Tetris. Mm-mm. The Russian mafia was involved in that one. I don't, I'm not, y'all can go Google it. There's a couple documentaries. It's a really interesting tale, but yeah. Russia. Crazy. We almost didn't have Tetris because of Russia mafia and russian mafias oh my gosh i mean i should have known when the origin of barbie came from germany that there was gonna be a lot of uh scandal i guess um adult adultness around adultness (laughs) yeah because you know all their nursery rhymes are like people being eaten or caught on fire no germany is really real (laughs) when it comes to that shit so yeah you like talk about fairy tales and how disney has completely morphed them into something else when their (laughs) german roots are like hansel and gretel were basically getting burned to death they're eaten alive (laughs) snow white actually died right (laughs) cinderella what a terrible time (laughs) little mermaid (laughs) no way so yeah i love the history the dark the dark history of all this stuff yeah i love it all yeah at first i was concerned that there wasn't going to be enough information because the articles that i came across were all pretty much repeating each other yep because they have clearly done a very good job of of keeping a lot of information under wraps yeah like i said they're controlling the narrative here i guarantee there's somebody employed by mattel to go to wikipedia once a me- once a month and delete everything <laughs> <laughs> oops <laughs> click oops <laughs> oh but even the, the <laughs> comic strip examples of lily were repetitive mm-hmm. so i just don't think that there's a lot of documented history or people who had saved them probably and so initially i was like this might be a really quick story but oh no but it provided it kept going well as soon as i hit ruth's story i was like oh god this is gold (laughs) that's when i was like oh my god it doesn't stop it doesn't stop oh my god what a hoe (laughs) she's a hoe I mean, I give her credit for being a co-founder in a company and they like transitioned from uh, building furniture to building toys or something. Mm -hmm. I didn't get into the whole reason why they got into the toy making, but some of the stuff I saw was basically that they were doing furniture and it wasn't lucrative, right? Like something happened. It's probably a Hail Mary putting all their money and R&D into this one doll because it was successful over there so it should be successful over here i'm sure it's how it went i'm so curious i'm gonna go rabbit hole on this shit thank you nicole (laughs) (laughs) yeah man it was interesting and recent and a recent recent ride it wasn't in the 1700s (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was not. However, the amount of information that was available was basically was the same. <laughs> yeah, I bet you uh, <laughs> Lily and the Pola have about the same footprint right now. <laughs> uh, a couple of articles in a Wikipedia that could do better. Yeah. 
<sighs> anyway, I guess it's about time for Atta Girls. Yeah, it is. I've got one. Okay. Atta Girls are where we pat ourselves in the back for something good that we did or something good that happened to us. So if you're ready to roll, go for it. Yeah. Um, cleaned my house yesterday. Okay. Got up and said, you know what? I'm done living like this. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just made it a priority yesterday to like really sit down and get some house chores done because I've been spending so much time outside of my garden that I love. I've been neglecting the inside of my house. <laughs> <laughs> since it was shitty out all weekend, I took advantage of it and we made some serious progress in the cleaning department. So I'm proud of myself and my mans. I always uh, am that one person that gets a good amount of cleaning done in 20 or 30 minutes before somebody arrives uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> versus my cool. lollygagging of cleaning over a weekend. Right. So my house is generally clean all of the time, but like if I'm going to really do the floors and stuff like that, mm-hmm. then it's usually because there's somebody coming over. <laughs> right. I used to actually, I feel like this is part of my unmasking as I get older but I took it after my mom every Thursday I would come home from work and I would clean all the bathrooms and clean all the floors. Like it would just be my practice. And I hated it. I fucking hated it. Never wanted to do it. It always made me so upset, but I always did it. So I had a clean house and like, it wasn't worth it mentally for me. at the end of it. So I quit doing it. Sometimes it's not, <laughs> but it also, you have to find the balance because you don't want to yeah, spend full there days cleaning and get to the thing. point where you're like, I can't live like this. Yeah, no, that's I've gotten to that point with like, I have a good cadence going with some of the things that I do that are just upkeep. And then, like, once a month, we'll do the deep clean. And yesterday was the deep. So, mm-hmm. I'm getting there. I just need my mm-hmm. chalkboard wall to remind me, scream at me every day. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you need to do today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And then you like become resentful to your chalkboard wall. Um, <laughs> exactly. Stop Fucking telling me what to do. <laughs> hate my own handwriting right now. God bless. <laughs> uh, um, my ad girl is that I had a chair full of items that I had purchased that needed to be tried on. Oh, <laughs> runway show online purchases and um some of them were the try before you buy from prime nice so it gave me the seven day window and others were not right others were like the the normal 30 day return 60 day return policy whatever so anyway i had like a pile i don't know how like staring me in the face because I, I don't know I have to be like in the mood to want to try stuff on I get that but I'm also like my ADHD is so excited there's something new to check out dopamine starts next thing you know I'm in it like hey yeah, this is great I just I had to go somewhere <laughs> just put this on instead like I get so pumped I mean I get excited and I open the package <laughs> and I'm like oh yep it's what I ordered <laughs> But that doesn't mean that I want to like put it on my body at that moment. It's fair. I just don't. So anyway, I I did all of the try-ons, repackaged all of the things, printed out the labels. Now I just need to drop them off at their oh, various yeah. places for return. <laughs> very, very good. Very, very good. My keep to return ratio was not great, but at least with the Amazon ones, you don't get charged. Right. So it's not like you're waiting on the money to come back or whatever. And they make it so easy to return stuff. But um, yeah, I I was like, I can't stare at this pile anymore. No, again, I don't know how to add a girl you on that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a laundry pile staring at me for sure. So if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. If you have a request for a hoe of history, you can DM us on social media on Instagram at homans underscore chronicles or send us an email 
at homancepodcast at gmail.com. You can also get Homance merch on my Etsy shop, etsy.com slash shop slash Nicole Bonneville. Um, you can join our closed group on Facebook, the Homance Chronicles, a judgment-free zone where we don't talk about anything with these stories at all. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, past you life. just want to be like a- occasionally assaulted. <laughs> By hilariousness. <laughs> um yeah we do can we do like a an ode to lily t-shirt i would i would like to to rock a the og lily the og sure sure we can come up with something something. Mm -hmm. that's what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. it's almost like she's the anti-barbie i was gonna say she's like everything not harvard (laughs) right thus She's like where I want to be now, which is basically if I could just find a man to pay for my lifestyle. Yeah. That you could actually like manage to be around for more than a day. Well, sure. (laughs) That counts for a little bit. (laughs) But I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, "Mm, you know, working's overrated. So overrated. I'm kind of with the, I'm kind of with Lily on this one. I'm all about it. Just need to <laughs> manifest it. No. <laughs> Homance out. 